Welcome to the Marian Message presented by the Mosaic of Marian podcast. Each week we'll hear God's Word explored by Dr. Henry M. Meadows Jr. as he preaches from the pulpit of Marian Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. We pray that this message will be a blessing and further your walk with God. Let's join him now. Have you ever thought about your salvation? Biblically. Well, in this week's sermon, I deal with cultural Christianity as opposed to biblical Christianity. Cultural Christianity bases your relationship with Jesus and your entering heaven on a work, baptism, walking an aisle, praying a prayer. Biblical Christianity and salvation is found in a heart relationship with Jesus Christ. I hope you'll give this week a listen. God bless you guys. You ever told a lie? Okay, if anybody here right then just said no, you just lied, so you can change it. And specifically, you tell it to make yourself feel better. You determine that you don't think the other knows enough, and so you're going to twist whatever the truth is to make it fit you better so that you, and here's the ultimate reason for it, are the king of your own life. It happened in the garden, didn't it? The enemy lied to Eve, and Eve, let's be honest, pride of life, thought, I can be like God. Let's just, can, we just, can we be real for a minute? We all want to be God. We want to be our own God. We want to make the decisions about our life, and we want to make the decisions about how to get saved, because we think, ultimately, I think deep down, in places we don't want to talk about and things that we don't admit, we think we're smarter and know more about ourselves than God does. And it's played out in our beliefs. Billy Graham said 75% of all church members are not going to heaven. Let that sink in. 75%. And here's why, I think. Because I believe so many of us will buy the lie of easy believism. We'll buy the lie that I can work my way to heaven. And I'm going to get to that. We're going to talk about, ultimately, we're going to talk about cultural Christianity as opposed to biblical Christianity. And I'm going to ask you at the very end to examine yourself. I've done it all week about my own life and my own walk. Man, when you do that, you'll find yourself lacking a lot of times. Happy with the growth that you have, but lacking in some areas. But let's get to our text, which is going to be our jumping off point. Hebrews chapter 5, would you start, would you stand at the reading of God's word? I almost, just to be funny, entitled this, A Bunch of Dummies. That's basically what he says there in verse 11. And he calls the unsaved a bunch of dummies. I mean, he does. He calls them dull of hearing. About this, now he's reaching back to what he just finished in verse 10 specifically. And he says, about this we have much to say. It's hard to explain since you've become, listen to this, dull of hearing. Wow. 
You're dull of hearing. You ever thought about, you know, I, I used to talk about this all the time, and it's still true, though. We, we talk about, we think about, like, you hear somebody, and they come through there, like, they, like you want to hear their music, and they're thumping, and, and it's shaking your car, their car, and everybody else's car, and some of the most vile languages out there. And here's what they say. Oh, I'm just listening to the beat. Lie. You're hearing every word that's spoken in that nastiness. Why? I'm going to make this statement. Teenagers, you're probably going to not like me after this, and I really don't care. Anybody that listens to that filth, I question your, your, your salvation. That's just filth. Some things they say in that mess. They can get right raunchy in country music too. So before all the country people going, yeah, talk about that rap. Uh, you might want to listen to some of them lyrics to them country songs you're listening to also. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the ages to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding Him up to contempt. Let me just pray stop right there. Father, help us to know the truth and be set free by the truth, but Your truth. God, we love You and praise You in the name of Jesus. Amen. I believe, you ever, you ever seen any little kid do this? You guys that have little kids, you know, at some point they all seem to want to do this. They will, you'll be telling them something that they don't really want to hear, and all of a sudden they'll do this. I believe a lot of church members do that. Now, I don't think they physically put their fingers in their ears, but I think many times church members will sit there, and as a pastor, whether it's me or some other pastor, whoever that preaches the gospel, is preaching their guts out about salvation and what it really is, we just sort of sit there and we're just going in our mind going, because I think I figured this thing out, and I don't need you to tell me what I need to do. I really don't need to tell you, but God does. So I, wanna, I have one point today. Watch out. One point. Here it is. A failed response to the gospel. A failed response to the gospel. That's, this book is written to the Jewish people by probably a Jewish writer. Um, you know, I, I, really, I used to really want to argue with people about who wrote it, but I really don't know who wrote it and really don't come to a place. I don't care who wrote it. I know they were extremely smart. But in this one section, what he's really doing is he's talking to not the saved Jew, the Messianic Jew. He's talking to that Jew that got close, but no cigars backed away. 
So he's talked to the unsaved. Really, I mean, let's be honest. There's only two types of people in all the world. You know this, correct? There's the saved and the unsaved. That's it. Seriously, when you get to the end of the book, you find out it doesn't matter your color. It doesn't matter your social economic standing. It doesn't matter where your country. It doesn't matter anything. The only thing matters is, have you ever accepted Jesus or did you reject him? That's all that ultimately matters. But some of us want to add to it. But let's walk through until we can get to that point. So as he's talking about this, when he says there about this, we have much to say. It's hard to explain. He's talking about this fact of the priesthood of Melchizedek. And what the author is saying is that this priesthood of Melchizedek and his singular sacrifice of Jesus Christ is much more better. That may not be great grammar, but it's great theology. Much more better than the many sacrifices of the Aaronic Levitical priest. And he wants him to understand that what had happened was they had begun, as we read through that, and what I talked about, they had backed away from the truth that they were being taught and shown. Let me show you how we know that. About this we have much to say. It's hard to explain since you have become. That's in the perfect tense. In other words, it wasn't completed. They had been listening to the truth of the gospel. They had been responding to it in a sense. They had begun to be wooed and be drawn by the Holy Spirit. You know that salvation is an act of the Spirit, right? No man comes to the Father unless he is drawn. People say, well, I'm looking for Jesus. No, no you're not. You're probably being drawn when you begin to say you're looking for Jesus. So he's talking about these people that were hearing it. Some of these Jews that were hearing the truth about this Melchizedekian priesthood that Jesus is the only really one in it and that his one singular sacrifice was all that it needed to occur for them to come. They were walking the path to salvation to Jesus. But they stopped. They, they would not go any further. They got to that point and they said, in a sense, in their mind, they said, that's enough. I don't want to hear anymore. They put their fingers in their ears. They began to hum so they would not hear the teachers. And some of you do the same thing in this setting. See, you think I don't understand it, but there are many times when I see you messing with your phone and you'll tell me, preacher, I don't bring my Bible, but I have it on my phone. And the next thing I know, I see you guys, you're doing something, and I'm just not even in the Scripture at the moment I'm talking, and you're still dealing with your phone. You think I'm stupid? More people check Facebook and Instagram during my sermons than anything, any other possible word of that you be looking up in this, on the Bible. Because y'all tell on each other. Preacher, I don't know if you know this or not, but such and such was over there. They weren't paying attention to you. They were on Facebook. I've literally had some of you guys tell on each other like that. I'm not your Holy Spirit. You do what you feel like you need to do. But when you're on the outside looking in to heaven, don't blame Hank. 
Facebook won't carry you to heaven. Jesus Christ will. So, so anyway, so we have this thing, and, and, and somehow they stop. They're like, I just don't want to hear it. I want to get my mind off something else. And so then it says they have become, here it is, dull of hearing. Now, here's the definition. It means slow, sluggish, and I love this one, slothful. That's your way you're hearing. You ever thought about what you hear and how you hear it? Are you quick to hear or are you dull of hearing and slow and sluggish and slothful? It's not a problem. You're not, you're, not, you're not checked in on the sermon. It doesn't matter if I'm here, Drew's here, Bruce's here, who's here. It doesn't matter. You're just not checked in. You're just sort of checking in every so often to try not to fall asleep. People today in society will make statements like this. You know, this Christianity thing just don't work. No, 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 that's not true. It really hasn't been tried fully yet. I wrote this down. I said, the problem is not in the message. That is perfect. The problem is in the hearing and responding. I was at graduation yesterday. I have to tell you all this. I had that graduation yesterday. And, you know, some people just, they're, they're loud and boisterous, and that's wonderful. But, I mean, there are just certain people, they would call their name, and, I mean, the place just erupted. And finally I said, y'all reckon that's the one that they did not know if they were going to pass or not? <laughs> and, I mean, or, or they're like, thank you, Jesus, they got across that finish line. I, because I wonder what that last little bit in their high school times were. Cramming, just begging and doing everything they can to pass. Teacher, can I do extra credit? Do this. We'll put so much emphasis into that and we put nothing into the Bible. We don't want to listen to anything except for garbage. We don't listen to Christian music. I'm just going to make this statement, man. I've told Danny several times, I love the fact that on Spotify, by the way, it's free. We have our church, all the songs that we sing in a month or two are on there. You can go to the Marion Baptist Church page and it has all of our worship songs on there. That's all I listen to, basically. I just put it on that man and let it eat. The Holy Spirit has been drawing and wooing, yet they turned away before coming to repentance. You get right there to that point, and then you, do, you say things like this, and these are just some things I've had said to me by people throughout these 24 years of ministry. You can see God moving. You can see God drawing. You can see God just tearing them up inside. And here they say, I'm just not ready. Well, you need to change shirts. What, what I mean, you got to change shoes? What do you mean you're not ready? I know what it means. You're not ready to commit to obedience. Understanding it's got to, and we're going to come back to this, it's going to change your life if it's real. And by the, these are the ones that just crush me though. I'll have a parent tell me, I just don't think my child's ready. How dare you speak for your child? You want to just keep them out of heaven until you think they're old enough to do it? 
Here's another one. I need some more time to think. Here's a great one for today. How can I be absolutely sure this is the one true way? Well, I, I, let me just give you one little piece of ammunition. We're the only one that don't have a dead Savior. Hello? We're the only one that don't got a dead dude. Our God lives. Or, you get asked a question, hey, I, man... I, and I'm, I'm going to come back to this in a minute, so I don't want to give it all now. I'm going to deal with it a little bit, but you're going to hear a lot of this through here. How do you know you're saved? Well, preacher, I walked the aisle when I was 12 years old. I didn't ask if you walked an aisle. Or how about this? Well, I, I was baptized when I was 14. I'm in the name of Jesus. You can be baptized to the tadpoles know your name in that place and not go to heaven. You can every week get in that baptistry and not go to heaven. Or how about this one? Well, I prayed a prayer. Well, do tell. Guys in foxholes pray a prayer. Good Lord, get me out of this. That doesn't mean they're saved. It, it's got to involve the heart, does it not? I'm going I'm to get more into this in a little bit when I really get into cultural Christianity and what it does. But those are things that you, that you find out from a person that's cultural. I'm here to tell you, praying a prayer, walking an aisle, being baptized, does not say you're saved. That's not biblical. That's cultural. See, the enemy will want to whisper, say, if you do all these works, then you can get there. No, you can't. My Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, not by works, lest any man should boast. You, you guys all right? I really want you to hear this and grasp what I'm saying here because I'm so afraid some of us sitting here today, we put more stock in the fact we were baptized when we were 10 or 12 and we've lived like a hellion since then. I mean, I've literally had people say, well, preacher, listen, I was baptized. They'll be 60 some years old. And I had one old boy say, I was baptized when I ate and you can't take that away from me. Okay. What have you done since then? Other than live like an absolute hellion. But see, some of you are going, now preacher, I don't want you, you crossing over into judging. No, I'm not. This is just biblical truth. And I'm not saying it, by the way, the writer of Hebrews is saying it. You are dull of hearing. You are not hearing. The only way to heaven is by the blood of Jesus. You're being slothful. It's not making a difference in your life. This person said, let's just walk through what, what he says right here. I, I got a list of everything he says that this person who should have been teaching by now, some of you ought to hear this, you should be teachers, which we need a bunch of in this church, for our children's department. Hello? You ought to be teachers, but you can't.
Well, it's hard to teach something if you don't know what it is. Hello? I mean, really, it's hard to teach something if you don't know what you're teaching. If you've never met Jesus, it's hard to tell somebody else about Jesus. Ah, buddy, I'm up in somebody's grill today. You And I'm going to deal with this because this is one of those passages some people will run from. You've been enlightened and you've tasted the heavenly gift. That goes back to the wooing and the drawing of the Holy Spirit. You can understand it. That doesn't mean you accept it. You're a babe still on milk. And by the way, milk somebody else has to give you. I wrote in my notes, I said, milk we get from someone else and what they've done. It's not something that you create on your own out of intense Bible study. The Holy Spirit had been drawing them. They've tasted the powers to come. They had come to repentance, but they stopped short. So, so I was thinking, like, I wanted to be like one of you guys, and I, I could hear one of you guys going, Hey, preacher, can you give me book, chapter, verse on everything you've said? Absolutely. Go to Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. All use, all use guys that are King James version. I'm about to quote the King James because I like how he put it. That, that one put it a little bit better. Listen to what he said. This is ESV. Paul is in front of King Agrippa and in front of Felix. And Felix says, Paul, you have lost your mind. And then King Agrippa says this in verse 28. And Agrippa said to Paul, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? King James puts it this way. You almost persuade me to become a Christian. Paul was so truthful. Paul's testimony was so powerful. This man, who had nothing want to do with it, says, I'm being drawn. I believe that's what he's saying. I'm being drawn to it. I can see the truth of it. I can see the enlightenment of it. I can see this. But Paul, it would make me change who I am. I refuse to do it. In fact, Bob, y'all remember Sam Harris, we sang that song. I never understood what we sang for an invitation to him. Almost persuaded. Because I'm like, I don't want them almost persuaded. You, anybody else ever heard that song? Almost persuaded. And I'm like, that may be one of the most sorrowful songs we could sing. And I, I know some, some of you guys are all about some hymns. Don't get fired up at me. I'm just saying the message is almost persuaded. I want the message to be fully persuaded. I wonder how many people are going to stand in front of Jesus in that last day and say, I was almost persuaded. Or Jesus say to you, Dear one, I almost knew you. You were right there. And you hung on to your own self. So, so then I, as, I, as I'm thinking about all this and we're praying and I'm talking with some, some, a friend about this, and it really comes down to what cultural Christianity against biblical Christianity. 
And so I want to talk to you the rest of the time that I have today. I'm going to talk to you about this. So y'all are worried just with one point. I just want to talk to you about what you have. Listen to this. Here is cultural Christianity. I'm taking this right from here. Cultural Christianity says it discounts the sacrifice of Jesus as being, discounts the sacrifice of Jesus as being enough and substitutes work for it. If you were to stand up here honestly today, and I would ask you before I've talked anything about it, see, y'all all know the answer now. Many would have given, let's just be honest, the wrong answer. You would have said things like this. Well, I was baptized when I was 13. Okay, wonderful. You know, you can go down a dry center and come up a wet center. Or you say things like this. Well, I was with this preacher and I was at camp and I prayed this prayer. You can pray a prayer till the cows come home, but if your heart's not right, that means it's getting, not getting past ceiling. Or how about this one? I walked this aisle and I took this preacher by the hand. Friends, that doesn't get you anywhere. That's a work. Or some would say this. I tithe. Okay. I know guys, and I've had them give me cash to give here that are not saved. They will tell you they're not saved, and they've given me money for this church. Hello? So tithing don't do it? Well, preacher, and this is where we, we put too much emphasis on it. Preacher, I haven't missed a Sunday in 50 years. Hey, that's quite an accomplishment. Doesn't mean you're going to heaven. I mean, praise the Lord, you've heard the gospel enough. But over 50 years, I wonder how many times you said no. Flip over in your book, in your Bible, in your book, in your Bible. But there ain't a lot of phones on now. I thought I'd bust it on you today. Folk be snitching. My man Steve told me one time, snitches, I mean, snitches get stitches. When I caught him doing something he wasn't supposed to, and he told me not to tell his daughter, and then he said, snitches get stitches, buddy. You know what Hank did? Hank didn't tell Kim. Listen to this. We don't like... See, these are, these are passages we don't like. I mean, think about what this passage says in Matthew 7. I know you're going, you ain't told us what verse yet. I know that. Trying to set it up. We, we don't like this. I'm telling you, because I've quoted it, and, I've, and people get mad when you tell them this. Look at verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Wait a minute, cultural Christianity says if you just mention the name Lord, you're going to heaven. You can rest your whole eternity on that. No, Jesus said you cannot. Just saying His name is nothing but a verbal or a mental decision. Verbal and mental decisions don't get you to heaven. I know some of you are going, Preacher, how in the world can anybody go to heaven? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to make sure you understand the false narrative. Listen, 
I said many have this verbal or, or, or mental declaration about Jesus. It takes more than just words. You can do wonderful works and still not go to heaven. And then I found this quote by J.C. Ryle. This is tremendous. He said this, Do we truly repent, truly believe in Christ, and live, listen, and live holy and humble? If not, in spite of all of our privileges and all of our professions, we will miss heaven at last and be forever cast away. And we will hear those awful, dreadful words, I never knew you depart from me. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the gates of heaven. But the one who does, here it is, the will of my Father. There's got to be acts of obedience. On that day, listen to this, he goes deeper. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? Then I will declare, I never knew you depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. Your Christianity and your salvation is not based on works you do outwardly. Now, they're, they're, listen, now some of you are going, wait a minute, James says you know, them by, you, know, you know them by their fruit. Yep, you'll produce some fruit. But it's not based on those things. If you forget one part. So let me jump to the biblical part. Now let me give you the biblical Christianity. And I'm going to give you a great quote. Faith and this is what you have to add to all that, is a true condition and conviction of the heart, hello, that brings about a changed life where Christ is formed in you. My Atlanta, that's good. By the way, I didn't come up with that on my own. I had help. Faith is a true condition of the heart that brings about a changed life where Christ is formed in you. So here's why I'm telling you, you've got to add to all those works and all those things. And yes, you should work from salvation, not for salvation. Where's your heart in it? Have you ever truly repented? Not only has there been a verbal declaration or and a mental, there's got to be a physical as in your heart. I almost said a heartful. It's got to involve the heart. There's got to be a change in your life. Can I make this statement to you? I know, I know, I know, I know Hank Meadows, I know he's might be upset some people, is going to heaven because I know who I was and I know who I am now. And there has been change. Probably not enough change, but there's been change. Listen, go to Galatians. I want to walk you through some stuff as we finish up here. I want to go to Galatians chapter 4 and verse 19. Some of you are probably going, Preacher, why, why are you preaching this? You know all of us are saved. Number one, I don't know that. And number two, because I want to be assured of that. I have one desire to carry as many people with me to heaven as I possibly can. I want you in heaven. I, I want my worst enemy in heaven. 
Because I know the alternative is hell. And by golly, I don't want anybody to end up in that place. Galatians 4.19. Paul is talking here. And he says, My little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. That word form, it literally means metamorphosis. It means the, the caterpillar that becomes a butterfly. It means there, there should be, listen, I, I'm going to go this far. There should be a complete transformation in your life when you come to Jesus. You should not look anything. See, there's two people struggling inside of you. There's that old man and there's that new man. Who's going to thrive the one you feed? Are, are you transformed in your life? Or are you the same dude or dudette you were the day you supposedly said yes? If you've not moved anywhere, I'm here to tell you, based on God's Word, you're not saved. You have a cultural Christianity, not a biblical Christianity. And you don't go to heaven on that. Flip over to 2 Corinthians now. Chapter 11. Paul talks a lot about this truth. Paul talks about this, and I know the heart of a pastor is this, because I want you in heaven. For I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. Why do you think I preach against sin and all types of it? God says, I, I don't want you to be happy. I don't want you to have a good time. I'm more worried about you being holy. And holy means set apart. There means there are some things that you did as a other guy. Do you know, I'll say it again for those that are new, there was a time in Hank Meadows' life that I drank alcohol. Guess what Hank Meadows doesn't do anymore? Drank alcohol. Does that make me perfect? No. But you know what? It came to be this person, Hank Meadows, who said, I can't live that and put that in my body because there's a Savior in heaven. I would hate for him to come and I have a beer can in my hand. Let me go a little further. Hank Meadows used to have a filthy mouth. I could cuss with the best of them, man. And then all of a sudden, I come to know Jesus, and I know I'm real. And the first, I didn't even need a preacher to tell me. The Holy Spirit inside of me said, Son, clean that filthy, stinking mouth up. I don't understand how you... I, listen, I sin every day. I'm going to make it all about Hank. I sin every day, and some sins are just terrible. I never feel okay about my sin. How do you feel okay about it? Well, you feel okay about sin when you don't have a Savior living inside you. That's how. See, a sinner will sin and get away with it. A saved person, they accidentally fall into sin and can't stand it. Colossians chapter 2. How do you get there, preacher? It's about time for me to quit. My voice is starting to go. How do you get there, preacher? Uh, no, here's how, I believe. Colossians chapter 2. One of the greatest ways that you make this profession, that's a, that's a heart profession. Are you getting it today? 
It's about your heart. Jesus didn't say, give me your liver. He didn't say, give me your stomach. He said, give me your heart. Therefore, as you receive Christ, this is verse 6 of chapter 2, as you received Christ Jesus, you received Him in your heart, so walk in Him. That word walk means your manner or your lifestyle. Walk in Him. Rooted, built up in Him. Established in the faith. Just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Did you catch that? In Him. You're in Him, He's in you. It's a change. If there's no change, there is no Christ. Romans 12, 2 says what? Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. There's that same word. By the renewing of your mind, you can prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Just a few more. I wrote this down. True faith does not leave you where you are. I'm fearful for a bunch of people. Not me judging you. Look into this. I'm fearful that we are putting our faith in our own work, in our own self. Well, I walked an aisle and I took the preacher by the hand and he prayed a prayer with me and then he baptized me. I'm good to go now, right? Maybe. Probably not. True faith does not leave you where you are. Because did you see that? Faith is the true condition and conviction of the heart. That brings about, the key in that is a changed life. Bruce says this all the time on Wednesday nights. If you're talking with somebody about the gospel, here's what you ought to say. And they kept saying, it's not true, it's not true. How do you explain, Paul and James, a half-brother of Jesus? How do you explain those two dudes? I'll put my name up there. How do you explain Hank Meadows? You can go to Romans. I, I'm, I don't, I'm, I don't, we're not going to turn there. Go to Romans chapter 8. You can go there read that. You know, you know everybody knows Romans 8.28. We claim that for every little thing we go through. All things work to good. I know God's going to work some of this good. You're good. may not be till you get to heaven. <clears throat> but if you read verse 29 and 30, it talks about Him making you more like Jesus. We forget that part. I want to close with this. <clears throat> here's, here's what you got to do today. Here's what you got to do. You got to hear these words. You got to understand there's a difference between cultural Christianity and biblical Christianity. And I, 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 I'm so afraid that so many of us have a cultural Christianity where it's just sort of a feel good Christianity. Feel good that I gave a little money. I feel good that I went to church. I feel good that, you know, the preacher prayed over me. I feel good. I was baptized. I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. I, maybe I'm different. I don't ever feel good about my walk with Jesus. It's way too short. Because I fail Him. I want you to go to, and I'm closing, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 
This ought to take place on the regular for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, starting at verse 5. Examine yourselves. Wait a minute. The writer of Hebrews says, you're still on milk. Paul writing right here said, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. You know what that tells me? If you get on your face before the Lord God and you say, God, search me and try me and tell me, he'll answer. He'll answer. He'll, he'll whisper in your ear. And by the way, if you don't hear anything, that's not a good statement. Listen. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves that Jesus is in you? Unless indeed you fail to meet the test. I worry about a lot of us that we would fail to meet the test if Jesus came today. Preacher, who do you think you are judging me that way? I'm not judging any of you. I love every person in this room. You're probably going, well, you don't even know me. I love you. Because I, I can love you with the love of Jesus. See, the love of God has been poured abroad in my heart. And my one crazy, wild, driving desire is for you to know Jesus. I don't want you to go to hell. I don't want you to go to hell. I don't want you to go to hell. I want you to go to heaven. If I wanted you to go to hell, I wouldn't preach a message like this. I'd give you a little feel-good thing like we're talking about. Examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. It ought to start right now. Thanks for listening to the Marian Message presented by the Mosaic of Marian podcast. If you would like to know more, you can reach us on our Facebook page or on our website, www.marianbcba.com.